One of the things that we decided right off the bat when we started this podcast was we would not let just anybody sponsor us. To get on here and be a sponsor, you have to share the same values and you have to have the same heart uh, as we do. And you have to be providing something that's very important to us. And coffee is very important to us. And that's why we've been very happy to have Juniper Mountain Trading Post Coffee as our personal sponsors here on the channel. They're the company that provides all the coffee for the school. It's the coffee that we drink personally at home. And, uh, and we're very, very happy. They're a family owned company that does everything themselves and they have the same standards and the same heart that we do. So if you're looking for a, a quality coffee company, uh, go to junipermountaincoffee.com. And when you check out, make sure that you plug in and type in dry Creek, all one word for a 10% discount. Good evening, Dwayne here, Dry Creek Wrangler School. Um, the day of classes is over, and uh, it was really hot today in the afternoon. And so we came out here after supper, after it had cooled down, to have another couple of sessions and do some riding. But one of the biggest thunder and windstorms we've had since we've been here came up, so we wound up shutting down early and. Now I'm sitting out here in the tack shed and and I've got the lights out. It's nice and dark and it's cooled down and I've got a good cigar going here and just made me a fresh cup of coffee and so I'm gonna make a podcast and talk to you on here and just see if we can chat for a while. Now I'm not a I'm not a man that stays up on the news a whole lot. I don't watch much news. Uh, but I do keep up with stuff. I keep up with stuff um, through different um, guys that I watch on YouTube and stuff about what's going on now today and stuff about finances and, and uh, you know, all this CDBC and now they're talking about new COVID lockdowns and stuff like that. And I have my own approach to these things. And I just, that's what I want to kind of talk about and uh, think about this evening. <coughs> now, I, uh, I don't take everything everybody says at face value. And I take everything everybody says with a grain of salt. But sometimes the difficulty is being aware of impending storms and being prepared for them if they come and not panicking. The balance we want is preparation, not panicking. Um, we don't want to panic. We don't want to be chicken little running, running around saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Uh, but we don't want to just stick our head in the sand and say all things will continue as they've always been because that's not going to happen either. And uh, so there's uh, there's people today that are getting nervous. They're getting worried. And people are wringing their hands and 
saying, oh my goodness, you know, what, what's going to happen? And, uh, and then there's other people that are saying, oh, it's, it's just all, nothing's going to happen. And so I want to just kind of chat with you this evening about uh, what I think might be coming. And I am not, on a scale of 1 to 100, I'm not 1%. I'm not a 1, an expert of this. Um, I'm not, uh, don't know about any of it, but I see things. And I am a student of history and somewhat, I guess you could say, a student of human nature. And uh, and so I watch and I listen and I observe and I think. And I observe and I think and I question and I look. I do think that all the signs are that there is coming imminently a financial crash. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like. I have no idea how bad that's going to be. Um, I know people are talking about this BRICS summit that started today, actually. And uh, one side is saying that if they do this, then all this is going to happen. And the other side is saying that uh, most of these are countries that are heading downhill and having problems of their own. I think like most things in life, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And that's where we want to be. We want to be somewhere in the middle. Um, It's inevitable there is going to be this um, central bank digital currency. It's going to happen. Um, It may not happen this week, may not happen this month, may not happen this year, but it's going to happen. Um, Now, what all that's going to look like, I don't know. And what this... CDBC and this BRICS summit, what that's going to do, what effect that's going to have on uh, the American dollar, the greenback dollar, cash, I don't know. I know that we've had some very large banks have failed. I know that in other countries, Canada, for instance, uh, they're starting to lock people's bank accounts down for whatever reason they feel like they need to. I know that banks and credit cards have shut people's accounts off because, uh, you know, gun stores, gun companies and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're those of us that are in this circle. If you're listening to this, if you follow me, we're, a, I think for the most part, we are an independent, um, self, self-sufficient bunch of people. And, uh, but you know, that, that will, we can only get away with that so far, but so how do we, how do we approach this? How do we, how do we go into, uh, a new era when we don't really know what's happening, when we don't really know what's going to happen? Um, I mean, how should we approach it mentally and emotionally and, and physically? What, what, what should we do? Um, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you, you know, physically what you should do. People way, way more educated in this and way more experienced in this, uh, are, are doing things to get ready for whatever might happen that 
that I'm not going to do that just don't make just don't make sense to me. But that's just me. Um, and but there are things that do make sense. And so, you know, you, you got to figure out for yourself what you can and you cannot do, what you will and what you will not do. You got to figure out what your what are the lines that you will not cross. I guess that would be if we were to make a list and put things in order. I guess the first thing you need to do is is you need to decide uh, for yourself what are the lines that you just you will not cross, whether it be for moral reasons or for just personality reasons or for religious and spiritual reasons, uh, that's your decision to make. And it's my decision to make. But I think we're... I think one of the things we have to be careful of is just not making a decision. Um, back during the last um, COVID pandemic, I made the conscious, deliberate decision I was not going... Uh, to get vaccinated. I, I just, I didn't trust anybody that was pushing it. And uh, I didn't trust what they were saying. And, and uh, I'm not a, I'm not a stupid man. I can see things and I can judge things and I can think for myself. And so I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't get the shot. And, uh, and I won't the next time. Uh, will things be closed down? Will I be shut out of certain things? Yeah. But do I need those things? No, I don't. So that's a line I've drawn in the sand. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, there's already people I've seen, uh, clips and stuff. There's already people getting, uh, chips placed in their hand so they can do shopping with. I'm not going to do that. Now, for those of you with a religious church Bible background, um, do I believe that getting a chip in my hand that I can just wave over a screen and buy whatever, do I think that's the mark of the beast? No, I don't. Um, I don't think that's what that is. I think there is such a thing, and I think it will come. Um, but I don't think this is it. But what I do think this is, is that old frog in the pot of water. You throw a frog in a pot of boiling water and he's going to jump out. But you throw him in a pot of room temperature water and then just turn the heat on underneath slowly, little by little, and heat it up gradually, he'll stay in there until he cooks. And uh, so there are enough people that, you know, that are familiar with the scripture that talks about the palm of the hand and the forehead and they're like absolutely not going to do that. But if this is gradually introduced as a means of payment, um, then people will slowly swim around while the heat is turned up. And it will become not a novel, new, terrifying thing. And over time, more people, especially the weak people, uh, they will get used to it. And then when they introduce something else, uh, in your hand or, or, you know, then people are going to be more likely to comply. I'm not going to do that. 
um, this frog ain't this frog ain't going in the water. Um, I don't buy I don't buy gold. I never understood that. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I never understood that. Back several years ago, I had friends when one of these turmoils was coming up, and they were all buying gold bars. They said the the American dollar is gonna crash, and gold is always valuable. And the price of gold always goes up. Well, yeah, to a degree it does. Um, But I never could understand. I'm like, so you've got a safe full of gold bars that's going to be worth whatever it is, $1,200, Some I heard the other night's talking it's going to get up $3,000 an ounce, whatever it is, I have no idea. And you live rural and you're going to take that $3,000 bar of gold down to the local grocery store for a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread and lay it on the counter and try to buy something with that? I don't think that's going to work. Uh, and I asked several people how, on a practical sense, on a daily sense, how does this work? How is this going to work? Uh, and nobody could tell me. And so I'm like, well... If I don't understand how it works and you're doing it and you don't understand how it works, I don't think I'm going to do that. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't keep cash in the bank. I don't have a savings account. I mean, I keep operating money in the bank. I don't have a savings account uh, because the savings account will give you 2% interest. And right now, inflation, if you add in the rising price of stuff, if you don't listen to the smoke and the baloney and the noise coming out of D.C., if you actually look at things, I think inflation is more at like 14 16% right now. So putting money in the bank at 2% um, interest rate, you're, you, you're losing money every day. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, again, I'm not a financial wizard. I, I'm just... Um, you know, I'm just a guy and this, this stuff, all this fancy talk and everything. I look at guys who are living, uh, you know, that they're living and made millions in, in the stock market or in investing in this and investing in that. And, uh, and they say, you know, and I've asked guys like, well, the stock market crashes and there's people that are always, they lose their entire life savings, you know, um, I've got a, a very, very close dear friend of mine that, uh, is much, it's not even measurable how much more intelligent and educated and capable he is in these things compared to me. Um, but he just lost a lot of money that he had invested in the, in the market and he said, you know, he said, well, you know, it'll, the market goes up and it comes down, you know, but it always comes back up. And he said, it'll probably take me five years to recoup that or something. And, you know, in my simple cowboy mind, I'm like, we, we don't know that the stock market is going to be there in five years, the way things are going right now. Um, the way things are going right now, we, we, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and so, you know, I've been 
chewing on this and thinking on it and and uh, and I'm thinking what what is a way of me not being foolish that will work for me to make sure that my wife is taken care of and I'm taken care of if if things get kind of rough for a while and uh, several years ago um there was a guy now he was kind of a little bit controversial in the circle, but there, there was a guy that had put out, he was putting out, and this was back in the day I'm dating myself. They were VCR tapes of, um, survival, not, I mean, just Bush survival. Okay. Not, no, no prepper stuff, nothing like that. Uh, his name was Ron hood and the videos were called hoods woods. And there was stuff on there that I'm like, yeah, okay. And some, some stuff was pretty good. I was up in Alaska at the time. Spent a lot of time in the bush, so I'm like, you know, learning what I could. Um, and uh, but you know, he said one day, and there's different variations of this. There's different variations of this, but if you put it, you know, simple, uh, basically, the what the rule of threes. Okay, um, you can survive without air for about three minutes. You've got to breathe. All right. So this is just an exercise in getting your priorities right. What do you need? Well, first thing is, can I breathe? You can survive for about three minutes without air. You can survive for about three hours without shelter. Now that's in inclement weather. That's, you know, out in the desert and 115 degrees or in a blizzard snowstorm. Um, uh, that's not 72 degrees in Hawaii or something like that. But in bad weather, you can survive, you know, roughly about three hours without shelter. You can survive three days without water. And you can survive three weeks without food. Now, this, again, like I said, this, to me, this is just an exercise in putting your priorities in order. All right. Um you got to be able to breathe and you got to have shelter. And then you got to have water. Then you got to have food. And, you know, as I look around here at my life and, you know, I, I just, I kind of want to be a little bit, I don't want to be foolish about things on either side of the spectrum. I'm like, well, what do I need? Uh, well, I need shelter. I mean, I can breathe. So we, we've got that. Okay. I need shelter. We've got shelter. I don't have a mortgage. The bank can't come in and and uh, say, "Well, you, we've sold your mortgage to somebody else, and you got to move." Um, and I not only have our primary shelter, but I have a backup shelter that's on wheels that we can move into that and just drive away. So I've got the shelter taken care of. All right, uh, the air, shelter, water. Um, I, so I've got whatever happens. I'm not dependent on some city water supply that they can turn off. Um, I'm, I'm just not, so I've got that taken care of, you know, and food. Um, so I've gone about and I've, I've dealt with the food situation. Um, and, uh, and I think we can get along pretty good if, you know, if things get, like some folks are saying they do, and the grocery stores are cleared out, 
you know, in about three days. I'm not dependent on the grocery stores. I've taken the steps to make sure. And no, I don't have a big stash of survival food and stuff here. Um, sometimes, sometimes in life, you got to think outside the box. We we don't have whatever it is in life. A lot of times, the one thing we're missing is just calm, logical thought and imagination and thinking outside the box. And uh, so I've got that taken care of, um, you know, and just just other things. But it's it's you know, and I, I mentioned this once before in another video. We, uh, you remember Y2K, all right? Everybody said, oh, Y2K, the computers are going to shut down. The world's going to go into chaos. The airplanes are going to quit flying. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. And I said, well, you know what? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Um, but I'm not going to panic about it. Uh, I had friends... I had one friend that had a hillside on his farm and he took a dozer and cut that, cut a big chunk of that hillside out, drove a school bus into that hillside and covered it up and then filled it full of five gallon buckets of beans and rice and just filled it. I don't know how many thousands of dollars he spent uh, filling this bus up to get ready for Y2K. I went down and bought a, I don't know, 25 pound bag of potatoes. It was in the winter, so we were in Kansas, so I bought a little kerosene heater and some kerosene. Uh, in case the electric company had shut down my heat, you know, had shut down that so we'd have heat to get through and we could, you know, move everything into one room and close it off and stay warm in the Kansas winter uh, with a little Kansas heater now little kerosene heater and a five-gallon bucket of kerosene. You know, it didn't take much. Uh, I went down, you know, on December 30th and filled my Suburban up with gasoline, so the tank was full. It was just logical and reasonable. And that was it. And, you know, nothing happened. Uh, five years later, after Y2K, somebody brought us some buckets of pinto beans and corn and uh, some stuff that they were pulling out of their Y2K stash, and they were trying to distribute it around. And uh, some of that stuff, we opened it up. Some of that stuff wasn't any good anymore. And uh, uh, I wound up feeding some of it to my horses um, because it was just, it was a huge, colossal waste of money. And, and it just wasn't, it was too much the sky is falling. I had a friend that that uh, bought so much ammunition at that time that he wound up on the ATF watch list, and uh, and he I mean he was a good guy. He was a family guy. He wasn't he was not any kind of anything. He was just really concerned about protecting his family, but he went so overboard uh, that he made unnecessary trouble for himself because he was just, you know, I talk about this a lot, being out of balance, um, being out of balance, the pendulum swings one way or the pendulum swings the other way. Your greatest, your greatest weapon in a time of trouble 
and I'm speaking physically, okay? Um, I'm not speaking spiritually at this time. But your greatest weapon in a physical time of trouble, number one, is your brain. And you can't let a stash of stuff take the place of your brain. Because we can stash so much stuff that we're like, we're secure. And uh, if your security is in stuff, you'll turn your brain off. And then if you lose that stuff and you haven't exercised your, your brain, if you haven't sat down and thought and considered and studied, um, you're still going to lose whatever it is there is to lose. All right? So your number one weapon is your brain. And your number two weapon is your outlook. It's your outlook on it. Um, I've been in law enforcement in remote villages, native villages in Alaska. And I've been in times I was the only law enforcement officer in a hundred square miles. And I've been in, I've been in situations. We'll just say that. And I look back and, and I got through the situation not by jerking out weapons and throwing lead around and uh, not by losing my head and but just by my outlook on it and staying calm and staying reasonable and just approaching it um in a manner that was measured and balanced and even and we can you know, we can say, I, I'm not going to comply. If they do new, co- new COVID um, uh, lockdown protocols, you know, we can say, I'm not going to comply. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but we don't have to just get all militant and violent. We don't have to get crazy about it. We don't have to get mean about it. We don't have to pick fights with those who are complying. The, we we have this mentality in this country that if we don't fight those who have opposing views and opposing approaches and opposing thing to us, if we don't fight them, then somehow we're weak and somehow they're going to take stuff away from us and they're going to cancel us. Nobody can cancel you. Um, that's something that so many people don't understand. I have this YouTube channel over there, and I've got 730,000 subscribers. And I put out a video this week that I didn't really want to put out, talking about a subject I didn't really want to talk about, a subject that could ruffle some feathers and and make make me some enemies. I mean, it could happen. I don't think it's going to, but it could and it's like, well, what if you get canceled for that? They can't cancel me. Well, they can shut down your channel. So that's the part that you don't understand. I do not live and die and rise and fall on whether that stupid YouTube channel exists or not. If they want it, they can take it. They can't take away what I've already accomplished. My my. My heart and my plan when I started that was just in a very small way 
give a little bit of information that might help somebody in the in the wrangling cowboy world in the horsemanship world that that was my plan and then it grew into a little bit of encouragement and counsel to young people who are having trouble finding their way and i've done it i'm still doing it and i'll still do it as long as i can but if they come in and shut that down they haven't canceled me they can't take back all the folks that i've helped they can't take that away and since I didn't plan for it to become what it has become, then every day is just more gravy on the biscuit. And when there's no more gravy for the biscuit, I'll rub my full belly, get up from the table, and walk away. They didn't hurt me. They can't hurt me. Because I do not rise and fall by the income coming in on that channel or the likes or the comments that come in or whatever it might lead to I didn't start it for that anyhow that's just extra that's just gravy on the biscuit and uh, so I I'm not worried well they'll cancel you by the threat of cancellation causing you to stop doing what you're doing that's when you get canceled not when they stop you from putting out physically stop you from doing what you're doing but when they threaten you to the point that you stop doing it they can cancel the channel but they cannot cancel me because i'm bigger than the channel does that make sense do you understand what i'm saying um and so you know people are are saying the you know, they're just wanting to exercise control over us through the the lockdowns and through the CBDC. Well, they're trying, and I believe that is what they're trying to do. Um, but I'm me, and I'm not going to stop being me inside, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because of what they're doing physically. So I'm not panicked because my true self, who I am, is not tied to my bank account. And I have experience and I have abilities and I have logic and I have a good, calm, clear outlook on things. I'm not relying on the grocery store. I'm not relying on their bank accounts. I'm not relying on the greenback dollar. I'm not relying on any of that. So I'm not panicking. But at the same point, on the other side, I'm not sticking my head in the sand and say, nothing's ever going to happen. I'm just going to keep shoving money into 401k or into the stock market because it's always going to be there because it's always been there. It hasn't always been there. You do realize that, don't you? The stock market had a beginning, and it hadn't been that many years. And it's crashed a number of times in the years that it has been in existence, and it's not going to last forever. Um, and the greenback dollar is not going to last forever. But relationships can last forever. Mental clarity can last forever and and so 
we we don't they can control the body but they can't control the heart and the mind and they can only control the body to a certain degree and it's your heart and your mind it's your brain and your measured approach to things it's your your control over your emotions and over your fears and your anger and things like that they they can't they can't take that away whoever they is i i i mean i don't know who they is but there's always a they and you have to be bigger you have to be bigger than the financial markets in this country you have to be bigger than big pharma and and you can do that because you're not bigger in the physical sense you're bigger in the more uh, intelligent sense the emotionally stable sense the clear-eyed calm sense the sense of doing what needs to be done taking care of what needs to be taken care of and uh and they can make things difficult you can do they can do away with things but remember the rule of threes you don't this country no this world existed for thousands of years before there was internet and before there were cell phones before there was electricity before there was grocery stores before there was banks before there was governments before there was any of this stuff and they can control you based on how much you stay under their control what does that mean? How much do you depend on it? How much do you take? We, my wife and I were looking at some land out here we wanted to buy. And uh, and it turned out the folks didn't want to sell it. And we were looking at means of, of uh, doing this and doing that. And, uh, you know, looking at all of our options. And I decided, and somebody said, you know, the government will give you a USDA loan. And a lot of times they'll do it uh, interest free. And, uh, because your agriculture, you've got horses and, 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 uh, you know, hay and you're doing all this stuff. And I thought, you know, if I take a federal government USDA loan from a government that I, that is a hundred percent, 100% proven itself to be my enemy and to be, um, undependable <laughs> and to be thoroughly corrupt from top to bottom, then I'm placing myself in a position of being controlled by them. And I said, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Um, in a place where if the, if, you know, the financial system goes down, if things happen, then They've got a ring in my nose with a big old log chain attached to it. And I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I've got to do this to keep the land. And I've got to do this and I've got to do that to make the payments. And I've got to do this and got to do that. Jump through the hoops and, 
And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm just not going to do it. We're doing, we're doing just fine. We're doing just fine the way we are. And if things go to hell in a handbasket, then we can pick up and walk away. We don't have any debt. Um, I don't have any. I don't have any money market accounts or savings accounts. I have nothing in the stock market. Um, and uh, but I've got trucks, and they're paid for. My horses are paid for. My saddles are paid for. My horse trailers are paid for. Um, I'm out in out in the country, um, and uh, we we have means of providing groceries for ourselves. Uh, we have a well. We have, you know, and I know, I know, and I always get this. Every time I I talk about this, I get people get on there and belly aching and whining. Well, I live in a city and I'm not rich and I can't do that. Well, I'm not rich either. Never been rich. Um, and I know people live in the city and I know times are hard. All right. And I know that the dollar doesn't go near as far as it did. I know there's places where the common normal people can't even afford rent anymore. I understand that. I know that. But there's other options. And I don't mean living under a bridge, under a tarp in the city somewhere as a homeless person. Um, and, I mean, I could give you options, and I, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Okay? I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to encourage you to relook at things. You know, there was a time where we were wind up in a in a bad situation, my wife and my children and I, and uh, we uh, we had to make a change and we had to make a a big move and we had to make it fairly quickly, and uh, and there was there was no money. I had no money in the account. I had, you know, I just didn't have anything. And I wound up with a little 14-foot horse trailer, a little bumper pull, did some trading and some this and that, whatever, and scratched around and got this beat-up little 14-foot horse trailer. And uh, I said, if it'll fit in that trailer, if it'll fit in that trailer, we'll take it. And if it won't, we won't. Now, do you know how hard it is to move out of Alaska, across Canada, across the United States someplace and start all over again with a family, with wife and kids, and everything that your entire family owns is in a 14-foot horse trailer. Well, Dwayne, what, what did you do? We started selling stuff. We cut to the bone and we sold it. And household stuff, personal stuff, you know, things that, I mean, I, I didn't get rid of all of them, but I got one or two guns that I'm like, I'm not getting rid of these, and I sold all the rest. And we and we wound up with a pretty good little chunk of money, and we loaded up that trailer and we moved out. It's not a question of what you can and cannot do. It's a question of what you will and will not do a lot of times. And sometimes that line between can and will 
or that line between can't and won't gets blurred. And we put things on the can't side that actually belong on the won't side. And, uh, and that comes back to your state of mind and your state of emotion, your outlook on things. Um, you know, I, I feel in a lot of ways like I'm talking about something that I don't really know enough about. And then when it comes to future events, I, I don't. I'm telling, I'm being completely honest and 100% upfront with you on that. There's a whole lot of this stuff I don't understand. But generally speaking, I can read the signs as well as anybody else. Uh, and the banks are fixing to be shut down. And if you've got a bunch of cash in the bank, uh, you're going to lose it. That's just the way it is. Um, that it's happened before. Don't say, don't, it's happened before. Uh, and if it's happened before in a world that was more stable and a government less corrupt than what we have today, then what in the world makes us think it's not going to happen today? And they are going to, they are going to do more shutdowns because they're all about control. It's all about control. They've done it before. So why in the world would you think that they're not going to do it again? And they got away with it before. Why do you think they won't get away with it this time? So why go through life ignoring the signs or standing on the other side of the line, standing there panicking, wringing your hands, and uh, losing your mind? Losing your mind. Uh, if you have a family, the number one thing your family needs from you right now is a measured, clear-eyed approach to what we're going to do about it. That's what they need. They need the security, not that a big bank account can provide, but that a big heart can provide. All right? Um now, again, I know probably predominantly 90% of you that's going to listen to this has a whole lot better handle on coming events than I do. And so I, I'm, that's why I didn't give you actually specific physical advice on what to do on here. Uh, you probably know better than I do. But don't ignore what's going on, but don't panic it over it either. Um, preparation as opposed to panic and the reality is somewhere in the middle. All right. Uh, I hope this encourages somebody. I hope this settled somebody down a little bit and, uh, um, you know, I hope it helps. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.